Welcome to episode 29 of DC TV Classics, your home for the history of DC on TV. I am one of your hosts, Keith Chow. Joining me once again, we have the whole crew together, Brittany Monet. Hey guys, I'm so glad we're all back. This is like a record, I think, in terms of number of episodes in a row where we have the whole crew together. Yes, that's true. We gotta keep it going. Uh, Joining as well, Desiree Rodriguez. Hey! You sound so excited to be part of this episode, Desiree. <laughs> Look, man, my roommate's cat is like constantly feeling my scrunchies and keeping us up at night. So forgive me, guys, if I'm just if I'm a little tired. That's fair. Rounding us out once again, Mr. Nick Lang. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. It was a close call. That's right. I almost couldn't make it, but you know what? I rescheduled everything. Just for us. Rescheduled my whole life to make this podcast work. This and is it the... all is worth it. It is. Well, we are here. We're gathered once again to to talk about Justice League. Last episode we gathered, we had special guest Andrea Letamendi talking about Justice League and the psychology of Batman this time. And when we recorded that podcast, I was under the impression Justice League was going to do really well at the box office. Uh, turns out that didn't happen. And in the in the weeks since the movie came out, I feel like the world is just trolling Warner Brothers at this point. Even their own DC TV division is trolling them with their own version of the Justice League over their uh, crossover week. In fact, the other DC TV podcasts had their own crossover this week. So uh, they are proving that they could do Justice League better than Warner Brothers, even though they are Warner Brothers. After that, we also had... Marvel dropping the Infinity War trailer that turned the internet upside down. In fact, the trailer for the trailer got more positive reviews than Justice League. Uh, So I feel bad. I feel bad for Justice League because, truth be told, I didn't hate it. I actually enjoyed myself. I know that that's not the consensus in our little crew. So we'll we'll just go around the horn before we dive into what we're definitely going to talk about this week. And and just kind of re- review the uh, the Justice League movie that's in theaters for now. And by the time this podcast drops, we'll see if it's actually still in theaters. Uh, we'll start with you. <laughs> we'll start with you, Brittany. What is what was your overall impression of the uh, Justice League movie? Henry Cavill's very beautiful, e- um, even with a CGI mouth. Uh, that the, the, those parts were kind of awkward when you could tell like his mouth wasn't like his mouth. That was weird. <laughs> um, I really think. I think in terms of casting, most people are all, like, cast it correctly. It's just a matter of, I would say, giving them material that really fully, like, embraces their characters. I don't know. It's, like, it's like almost there, but it's not all the way there, and I think that's what's disappointing about it. Yeah. Disappointing it's, is a word that gets tossed around a lot with for this movie. It's, like, it's almost there. Like, you know, Wonder Woman is awesome. I think Jason Momoa has so much potential but I was still kind of like, me. I didn't feel anything like he made, I think it didn't, I didn't feel anything more for Aquaman. I'm just mm. like, it was just still just like, eh. When I think of Aquaman, I always think of like that, like cartoon from the, uh, the 70s and him on like the, <laughs> the like, seahorses and <laughs> the dolphins. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. And like, it looks so campy. And like, I still think of like, I still see that even though, you know, you have someone who's like, as like badass as Jason Momoa, mm. I just yeah, there was a lot of you could tell it was very choppy. I felt like if I didn't have any idea of like the characters previously from other material or comic books, I would have been really lost. Like mm. 
what was going on with the story because it was so very jumpy and it kind of assumes that everyone knows all these characters mm-hmm. and that they've comics for years and they've seen every single movie like it had that kind of impression where there was nothing to explain where i didn't know what was going on you know so that's luckily i saw everything but yeah that was my impression and you actually watched justice league with our fellow dctv classics crewmate nick lang you guys saw it together nick what was your impression did you have a similar take yeah, because, you know, Brittany and I watched it together, so there were a few moments where I got to turn to Brittany and go, like, I don't know what's happening. And, yeah. <laughs> and this is odd, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, boy, it's – they're having a rough time over there with the DC. <laughs> uh, they're having some rough times. Uh, I, this movie is – tough because it's kind of like coming from a very bad starting point you go like when the movies you're trying to build off of are the man of steel and batman vs superman it's like ye, it's kind of hard to salvage that world um it seems like these movies all kind of have similar problems to where i literally cannot tell you exactly what happens um because i'm confused as to like where everyone is at certain times there was a moment where aquaman goes back to what i think is atlantis i'm assuming it's atlantis although it doesn't look like an underground city it just looks like a room uh, or underwater room that there there are five people around a box and they're just looking at a box (laughs) and then um something happens i don't know a bad guy shows up and takes the box and then aquaman starts talking to a character that i am assuming is mara Mm -hmm. i was confused by their conversation because it seemed like this was the first time that aquaman had ever been (laughs) to atlantis but then it was like how did he know where it was why did it take him five minutes to get from that city, that, that town that he kind of hangs out in, to where this is? I was very confused as to what was happening. I was very confused as to what the Steppenwolf character... This and Thor Ragnarok both had this bad guy character that appears out of nowhere for some reason, and they both go like, I'm back after a one million thousand years, whatever. And then you just go like, where were they for a thousand years? Mm -hmm. Like with Hela, she shows up in the Thor Ragnarok movie. She shows up and she goes, yes, I'm back. And you go like, what was her experience like for 10,000 years being trapped? Was she trapped somewhere? Was she, she was living in the, she was living in the void with Janet from the good place. (laughs) I guess so. I I don't know. So I was confused. There was a moment in this movie, Justice League, where Flash and Cyborg are are grave robbing. (laughs) They're digging up a grave. And I I walked out of the movie, and I was talking to Brittany, and I go, never in my life, never in my life did I imagine I'd watch Flash and Cyborg dig up a grave. It was very odd. And then they, like, carry around Superman's limp corpse and 
I was like, this is weird, because I kind of just assumed at the end of the last movie that Superman would come back on his own. Like, the end of the last movie is Superman's coffin, and the rocks start to float off of it. And you go like, oh, well, he's not dead. He magically heals himself because he's Superman. (laughs) But then in this movie, they're like, no, forget that. We were tricking you. (laughs) And then... They, like, bring him back like he's Frankenstein, and then he's evil for just two minutes, mm. though. I have and to admit, was... though, those two minutes where they fight evil Superman were probably my favorite two minutes of the movie. Yeah, um, I would agree. Like, But that's uh, that's that's about it. Like, and, and not even the, the fight itself, but there's a moment in the fight between, and I won't spoil it, although I think most people know what it is at this point, between Superman and The Flash that I thought... You know, made the movie, made the price of mission oh, yeah. worth it. Yeah. Um, that said, pretty, I'm pretty much in the same place where you are, Nick, in terms of just kind of. You mentioned Frankenstein, and I think part of the problem with Justice League is that it was a Frankenstein movie between two very different directors. Speaking of the directors, I know, Desiree, you have very specific thoughts about those directors. And coming from a place where you kind of liked the uh, Batman versus Superman universe prior to Justice League, what were your impressions of where they took it in this movie? I mean, it's always weird when, like, I say, like, yeah, I liked Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, because people automatically think I'm, like, like a DC shrill or something, and I'm like, <laughs> no, I still think the way they killed Jonathan Kent in Man of Steel was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in a comic book movie, and I've seen, like, all the comic book movies, and the way he dies with, like, the dumb dog and the, her- and the tornado and stuff is still <laughs> stupid. Um, you know, and the theatrical version of BVS, like, there's major problems. Like, the extended cut is all plot, and the 30 extra minutes actually fill in, like, all the the plot details and make everything flow a lot better. So, you know, I didn't mind the the darkness, you know, because I could kind of see where it was, like, all going. Like, the whole, you know, before the dawn, you know, building up the anticipation for hope. Um, it kind of reminded me of, like, how Kingdom Come starts off and it's in a really dark place and Superman's all isolated from the world and he doesn't want to help people and it gets to that point where like they're all about to kill each other and you actually think that Batman is joining Lex Luthor as a bad guy and then Wonder Woman's all war crazy and stuff but then you know at the end they do find that moment of of hope and they they come together again so like I didn't I didn't mind the the concept that they were going for. Because I, I did find it to be leading somewhere interesting. And I, I like superhero movies that take risks. Like, that's what I liked about Deadpool. It's what I liked about Logan. You know, it's it's one of the reasons why I'm kind of bored with a lot of Marvel movies. Because there's no stakes. There's mm-hmm. there's no that are happening. Um, Suicide Squad was weird. It was weird and it was kind of trashy. And Diablo was amazing, but he died. So I'm bitter. <laughs> um, you know, but for Justice League, I, I felt like an unfinished movie mm-hmm. is what it felt like it felt like i'm agree with Brittany. it felt it was disappointing i liked all the casting i like the the actors that they chose for ray fisher's like first role in a movie television anything i thought he did really well as cyborg it was just such a shame that a lot of cyborg scenes were cut yeah and it just it felt like they took bits and pieces of what i guess Zack snyder did and then mashed it together with what Joss Whedon is. And the thing is, Joss Whedon is such a specific storyteller. Like, his style is so very specific. And Zack Snyder's style is so very specific. So, when you mash them together, you get this kind of unfinished, convoluted mess. 
And there were moments I enjoyed. Um, the fight with, like, you know, resurrected Superman. I don't know why they just go with the healing coma. Like, the <laughs> healing coma thing is dumb, but it works. You know, but, yeah, like, the fight with Superman and the Just League was cool. I liked that. I always enjoy seeing Amy Adams and her beautiful hair. Um, Except for the terrible wigs that she wears in the uh, reshoots. Oh, my God. That was another thing. Like, you could clearly tell what stuff was reshot. Yeah. Like, all the Superman scenes were reshot. You could tell. And it was You know what I also noticed about, like, hair? Sorry to interrupt, but just, like, about hair. Before I forget, is that Wonder Woman's hair is, like, thickness changed in certain (laughs) scenes. Yes! And I, like, turned to Nick. I'm like, is it just me? Is her hair, like, thick in one scene and then it's not in the next scene? It's, like, limp in one and... Her hair changed, and then, like, Ben Affleck's body constantly changed. Like, you could tell during the reshoots he didn't get back into shape for it. And, like, he was – I had a friend – I went with some friends, and my one friend was like, he got doughy. And I'm like, damn, girl. She was like, he shouldn't be doing this anymore. I was like, damn, girl. I feel like – sometimes I feel like Joss, during the reshoots, was actively, like, uh, sabotaging the movie because (laughs) there there are reshot scenes where it's like, really, dude? There's a the scene between Barry and Bruce when they first meet the the scene that most of us have seen like a thousand times by now because it's it was in the first Comic Con trailer and it's they sh- basically show the entire scene where Bruce and Barry meet for the first time and you can tell that there's a scene within that scene that was reshot because not only is Ezra Miller's hair completely different it's shot at a different angle like they they, they keep going back and forth between a close up of, of Flash and a close up of Bruce. And they go back and forth, and then when they cut back to Ezra, it's a it's at a different angle. Like the background is fuzzier now. It's like he's clearly in front of a green screen, and then they go back to Bruce, and it's like, wow, that's they, not, they didn't even try to match. Yeah, the- <laughs> and they did the same thing with like the Bruce and Aquaman scene. Yeah, like yeah. when Bruce first shows up, he's clearly better shape, and then he walks with Aquaman, and you can see that Aquaman is behind a green screen. Like, yeah. when they do the close-ups, and then they do... I've appreciated the further away shots, and I was like, yeah, I know that's Zack Snyder, because he's giving me a scene of shirtless Jason Momoa, like he, he likes to do. I appreciate <laughs> the fact that he's always giving us shirtless men in his movies. And uh, and then it would get close-up to Aquaman, like, that's such an obvious green screen, and then Bruce's face would get rounder. It was just yeah. like... His it hairline was, changes, was... too. If you look carefully, yes, Ben Affleck's hairline changes. And it was, they were so obvious, and all the quippy dialogue was annoying, it doesn't fit, it it was cheesy, like, the the story just, I mean, cutting an hour out of the movie just to fit the two-hour time frame that WB required was just dumb. This is... No, I, I appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't want to sit through another hour of uh, Justice League, Nick? No. I thought two hours was plenty. <laughs> Let's just say I was satisfied with the two hours. Um, I I would like to see the original version, just for comparison's sake. Like I, For this, this one, yeah, I don't think I can honestly sit through the BVS extended one, but for Justice League, I would, because I really do feel like it would have been better if there was more in it, but it just depends on what that more is, you know? You know what actually was my favorite part, thinking about it right now? Just because I hadn't thought about the movie since the week ago that we saw it. But thinking about it now, my favorite part of the movie was after they beat the bad guy. Because this was a big thing that I said. I don't know who I said it to, but I was like, do you think Cyborg's going to say booyah in the movie? Because that's like his catchphrase. 
in Teen Titans, the show. And he said it in the movie. After they beat the bad guy, he goes, booyah. And I said, there you go. I can't complain now because <laughs> Cyborg said booyah. The Russian family was dumb. <laughs> oh, just, right. That, that, there were just so true. many weird dumb parts that were clearly yeah. added in and I thought I just it didn't feel like it was connected to the other movies and I I hated that flash landed in Wonder Woman's boobs I thought that was so stu- I was like I lived through this already yeah. with Age of Ultron why are you making me relive this like Th- that's a that's it, definitely a scene that you would think after the the breakout of the Wonder Woman movie over the summer that they would have gone and said oh let's take that out cuz we don't need that you know cuz it just kind of diminishes the character. It was, yeah. it was, yeah, no, it was, it was frustrating. Like, for me, the best scenes was, like, the Superman versus Justice League scene was good. I really liked the Themyscira scene, where Steppenwolf comes, and he, like, all the Amazons are badass, and it was, like, this big fight scene. I thought that was really good. I liked the finishing shot where, like, you see them all, and, like, a close-up of the Trinity, because, you know, I was like, oh, my little fangirl heart, you know, like, it's, it's the freaking Trinity, um, you know, but... Yeah, I just, it was, and the score was crappy. God, the score. That, oh the, man. It was so, it was so, it was boring. So. Like, yeah, I, there was I, the, the homages to the Batman and Superman themes, but I'm like, those stories are done. Like, I want new stories. And I, I also, don't want. I also felt like Danny Elfman, his score sounded like a temp score. A temp score is when a filmmaker's making a movie and they use, like, other music before their actual composer gets to score the film, so they use kind of like, here's music that'll fill the scene until we can find an actual composer. And I felt like the entire movie felt like that, that they just used the temp score. And especially when you hear traces of John Williams' Superman theme and and Elfman's original Batman theme, instead of thinking like, oh yeah, this is cool, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not this moment. And in fact, I felt like the only two musical moments, and I swear we'll get to the main topic of this week's episode, the two musical moments that I thought worked the best was during Wonder Woman's introduction, you hear her theme. And then when they enter the Kryptonian ship for the first time, you hear the, the Man of Steel Superman theme. And that those tonally fit with the, with the movie you're watching. And, and I bet some enterprising Redditor is going to, once the movie comes out on Blu-ray, take like the Hans Zimmer scores and rescore the entire Keith, movie. Where have you been? That's already <laughs> happened. Well, I know people have been like scoring it, just basically playing music over like bootleg scenes from the from the movie on Twitter. I've seen those. I mean, but I mean taking the entire movie and scoring it using uh, using pre existing Hans Zimmer. Yeah, Zimmer's and don't, don't, don't waste your time with that. They, <laughs> they shouldn't waste their time with that. This no, movie they, was maybe what just it was. release like the the Zack Snyder version and let like because I mean he has an army of fans at this point. Uh, like, well, yeah, they they, they just me. shouldn't even bother. <laughs> don't waste the don't waste the DVDs. Don't pr- burn it. You know, just take the film stack that you have and say we tried. We tried our best. <laughs> and then and then they flush didn't it down. Their the they didn't. That's the problem. That's right. They didn't try. Their best. Well, this, but little, they, this they, was clearly like they were like, oh, well, people don't like Snyder, so let's throw weed in because Avengers made a lot of money and he has a lot of geek cred and let's try to finish this like redo it in a movie in like 3 months before it's released. I mean, that CGI was 
I can't even believe that got past people. Like that's that was that was pathetic. Well, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing, y'all. For those of you out there who are big fans of Zack Snyder, big fans of Joss Whedon, big fans of maybe Justice League, if you're out there, fret not because as much as we have been criticizing the Justice League movie 2017, 20 years ago. <laughs> There was another Justice League. It was League 20 movie. years ago? 1997. Oh, crap. <laughs> crap, I'm old. In the year. <laughs> no, you're not, Nick. Yeah, no, old. you're not. Dude, you are not old. Especially as long as I'm on this podcast, Nick, you are not allowed to be old. Keith, you're not old either. Yeah, okay. Keith, you're a young, you're a vibrant young man. Uh, <laughs> in the year of our Batman and Robin, CBS, that bastion of superhero television. Shot a pilot for a would be television series that never went to air. In fact, the pilot itself never went to air. And it wasn't even a pilot, it was more of like a TV movie. It's called Justice League of America, 20 years ago. Debuted <laughs> nowhere because no one picked it up. But the, the, here's the roster of superheroes that was in CBS's Justice League of America Green Lantern, and not any Green Lantern. But Guy Gardner, Green Lantern. But we'll talk about more of that in a minute. Played by Matthew Settle. Kimberly Oha played Ice. John mm-hmm. Kasser played The Atom. Michelle Hurd played Fire. Kenny Johnston played The Flash. And David Ogden Steers played John Jones, a.k.a. The Martian Manhunter. That, my friends, is a heck of a roster for a Justice League movie. You know what? I bet... If Greg Berlanti wanted to, he should take the plot of the Justice League of America movie, and then that's what next year's crossover is. Like they battle, <laughs> they battle the Weather Wizard, and they can bring in all of these superheroes. Uh, maybe instead of Green Lantern, they bring in Green Arrow. Um, but this yeah. was this was a legit show. In fact, I think Nick mentioned it last time when we were talking about the animated Justice League, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I made everyone watch it, and we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And Nick is the only Steve. one excited about this. Ever. That's why he rescheduled been, his whole life for this. I've been talking about doing this episode for a long time. So, Nick, why don't you run us real quick through the basic outline of the plot, and then we can get into the specifics. Okay, I'll I'll do very basically because um, I actually I watched this for the first time many years ago. Um, I went to it like a big thing back in the day with comic conventions uh, was going to find like these bootleg copies of movies, um, which we've talked about, Keith, uh, and so I you know. Got so excited when I was a kid, I found this, this, a bootleg copy of this at a Comic-Con, and I shelled out 30 bucks for it. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, like, I, because I, like, used to buy, like, even fan films to watch them, like Mm -hmm. the the Dead End Batman short where he fights the The alien and the Predator, and then, um... I, I bought, like, this uh, Spider-Man one that was, like, about the death of Gwen Stacy. Uh, I You know, I would go nuts for it. So I got this, and I watched it, and um, 
you know, I was like, that's, that's odd. And, (laughs) um, and so I briefly went through and kind of skimmed through the episode, uh, in preparation for this, but I did not watch it in full. Uh, that the only time I did that was years ago. So briefly what it's about is, um, there's the justice league of America. Um, and it starts with like, uh, it's it's very weird because it starts with something that they stole for the Incredibles, where it starts with like these testimonials mm-hmm. up from like the Justice League members, as if people are interviewing them. But the rest of the show isn't like an interview. It's very odd. Reality shows used to have if you watch like the Real World or like they would have yeah. the action, the the events of that episode, but then they would also have those people sitting in a room telling an off-screen interviewer about the things. It's like, you know, every reality show now, Real Housewives, Top Chef, like, they do the same thing. Yeah. Or, like, they do it in, like, Modern Family and stuff like right, that. Right, right. Although Modern Family in The Office is more of this faux documentary style, whereas right. Justice League, they there is no pretense that this is a documentary. Yeah. No, it's a regular show, and then they'll cut to people in front of, like, a high school picture when you go to get your picture taken for the yearbook. Like, that backdrop is hanging behind them, and it's them going, yeah, so, like, I'm in the Justice League. (laughs) And and so it's mainly focusing on the character Ice. She works for Weatherman, not even Weather Wizard. He's the Weatherman, and um, he's... Played by, uh, what's his name? Miguel Ferrer, who recently passed away. Love him. I love him. It's so sad that he passed away. But I love him. So there you go. He's probably the coolest guy to ever play the weather person, (laughs) whatever you want to call him. Oh, yeah. And and spoiler alert, he's the bad guy. (laughs) He's the bad guy. Sorry. Um, So... She's working for him, I think, and then she has an accident and she gets ice powers. And the Justice League are all doing goofy garbage. Um, They're all, like, have uh, significant others. And, like, the Green Lantern, who's Guy Gardner, who doesn't act anything like Guy Gardner, (laughs) just as annoying, Um, he... Is there and he in the beginning like he sings opera to his girlfriend because he missed the opera that they were supposed to go to. <laughs> That's your favorite part, yeah. And then uh, he works. He works in like a computer store or something. Like, it's very. They all have really odd jobs as their secret yeah. identities. Yes, and um, so then it's basically they have to fight Weatherman, and there's the story about getting. Ice and kind of the Atom has a crush on Ice, and uh, then Ice joins the team, meets Martian Manhunter, who's kind of the leader of the Justice League, who assembles all of them. They kind of have a little bit like X Men montage kind of thing where they are teaching Ice to focus her powers so that she can join the Justice League. And then um, the Weatherman makes a giant tidal wave that's going to destroy the city, and then they have to beat the weatherman. And it's not cool. They don't fight him or anything. <laughs> but, I, you know, they win. The city is called New Metro, by the way, because, of course, DC cities always have to have ridiculous names, I guess. Uh, which is just a step, a step off from National City. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is another dumb name for a city. It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, well, you know, if you were to compare Justice League of America 1997 to uh, Justice League 2017... I think they're... they're it, that's the main problem, is that this movie wasn't enough like the show. <laughs> Desiree, you texted me in the middle of watching this saying, you didn't tell me Guy Gardner was in this movie. And I, and I replied... Guy Gardner is not in this movie. <laughs> Tell me about your impressions of their version of Green Lantern. I mean, I don't want to say too much because, like, I'm not a big fan of Green Lantern mythology anyway. Like, personally, like, everybody keeps like, where is Green Lantern? Where is Hal Jordan in the movies? Why isn't he here? Why haven't you cast Army Hammer? And I'm like, I don't really care about Hal Jordan. <laughs> I'm like, I could care less if he but shows John up. But John Stewart's cool. John Stewart can come. John Stewart or Kyle or Simon Baz or Jessica Cruz. Um, for someone who doesn't care, I know too much about this. Um, <laughs> but, like, no, I just, I really, like, I'm not a, like, I'm, I'm not a, like, really knowledgeable about Green Lanterns. It's just, I never really liked Guy. Like, he's just, he's just there, and he's kind of obnoxious, and, you know, the, the one time he did anything, it was, like, an injustice, and he died. Um... So, you know, so good me, on you, Guy. Let me but, frame the question this way, then. The, clearly, the Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, and, and for those of you who, who may not be familiar, in the comics, he, he's got, first of all, he's like got uh, an orange bowl cut on his head. Yeah. He, wears a, uh-huh. he wears a green vest, and he's an obnoxious, like, his, his whole character trait is that he's an asshole. Yeah. That, um, so, instead of casting someone who vaguely looks like that, they cast a really handsome, dark-haired, typical, like, you know, superhero kind of actor. As 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 Nick mentioned and Brittany said earlier, he sings opera. He works as a software salesman. Has He's suave. There's, like, nothing Guy Gardner-y about him. So why do you think they didn't just call him, like, Kyle Rayner or something? I actually thought his attitude was very Guy Gardner because he was, like, he felt kind of entitled. Like, mm. the way he talked to Fire was really entitled the way he kind of like treated his girlfriend was a little entitled and stuff like he still kind of came off to me as kind of like douchey because he's like i'm so hot and i can i'm really like car sales me slick so i was like so yeah you're still obnoxious you're just a different kind of (laughs) obnoxious right right. and you're a little hotter but not really (laughs) like you're kind of i guess 90s hot maybe but (laughs) Brittany, did you find anything uh worth kind of savoring from the Justice League of America movie? Like, I guess because Desiree kind of explained it, that I guess Guy Gardner doesn't actually wear, like, a regular, what you would assume, for a Green Lantern costume, but I didn't think his costume was green in this. <laughs> or, I don't know. If that is laptop, the thing. But... He looks blue. Yeah, they could... yeah, he did look blue. They couldn't like... call him a Blue Lantern, though. That was that. This, this predated the Blue Lanterns by a couple years, I think. And I know the one lady from, like, Daredevil was in it, and Jessica Jones... She's fire. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that? Yeah, she, is played the, her. she played the detective that died in season two because you know Daredevil likes to kill off people of color. Um, mm-hmm. I actually I liked her casting because in the comics, fire is she's Brazilian, she's Latina. So I actually like that they used an Afro Latina actress to portray the character. Okay, I was gonna ask. That was my next question. Were were like ice and fire even real? Because the, the names are so basic that I'm just like, These can't be real. <laughs> oh no, they're real. They're they're totally real characters. They're pretty. They're in uh, Justice League Unlimited. That's mm-hmm, right. They are. Oh my gosh! I just, yeah, like, I guess fire wears costume, like, like her costume is like a green flaming bikini thing that barely covers up her bits <laughs> when she's using her powers. 
Because that's a Bruce Tim. That. That's definitely a Bruce Tim design. <laughs> I am so glad you said it, Keith. So I wouldn't have to. People are already going to hate me enough after this. So, twenty years later, Barry Allen, the Flash, is he's in movies. He's got a starring TV show. Grant Gustin, Ezra Miller. Uh, of course, there was the classic '90s Flash with John Wesley Shipp. But little do people remember Kenny Johnston as a goomba version of Barry Allen. What was what was going on there? Where he's this unemployed, yeah. kind of like d- out on his luck, dumb jock version of Barry Allen. Where did that come from? What happened to the? Uh, crime scene investigator, one of the smartest guys in the DC universe, Barry Allen. Why is he just running yeah. around like an idiot? That was, that was weird. Like, <laughs> that was a weird I, choice for the kid. It's like, weird that people treat the Flash as, like, like a C-list character when he's been, like, a founding member of, whether it's Wally or Barry, like, he's always been an important member of the Justice League, and I felt like they were just like, yeah, he could be on a team with Fire and Ice and Guy Gardner. It's like, what? He... He's the Flash. Well, like, that's the thing, too, right? He's uh, at in 1997 on this team. He's clearly the most recognizable of those superheroes, and yet he's the loser of the team. That's weird. It was <laughs> very weird. Like I like. I'm not a big fan of Barry Allen. As far as like the comics go, it's always been Wally West for me, and like Bart Allen. But even I had a even I was like, damn, Barry Allen deserves a little better here. Like, <laughs> what did you like about him, Nick? I like that he's relatable. <laughs> I don't like when Flash is too smart. I like it when he's dumb like me. <laughs> he gets like a job at the end. That's uh, uh, he, he does get a job. That's not anything from the comics or anything. He goes, "Hey, I got a new job going helping kids down at the rec center," and you go like. Okay. Yeah. Why, sure. Why that's a really spot on impression for people who haven't seen. Yeah. The movie. Like yeah. he's literally John Travolta from Welcome Back, Cotter. Like it's this weird. <laughs> thing. Yeah. Martian Manhunter. Uh, we gotta be superheroes or what? Um, <laughs> it's really good. I I don't know why they didn't do that in the movie. You know, I mean, if you think about it, Ezra Miller's Barry Allen was kind of like an unemployed loser. Now what? There you go. So maybe it's that was an homage. It was an homage. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Flash gets a job at the end. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, well, Justice League too. that's right. Or, like, Ezra Miller got accepted into, well, his version of Flash got accepted into some program thing. Right, well, he becomes, the, I mean, they show he becomes, he, he, he becomes a CSI, right? Like, he says it's Yeah, uh, he, he, like, either joins oh, the okay. program or gets hired as CSI or something. Yeah, because he says, those two. I wasn't, yeah, he says he get he got a um, recommendation from a friend, and the movie leaves you to wonder which friend <laughs> he's talking about. I assume Bruce, I, just because Bruce is rich. Well, I, I thought Commissioner Gordon is it because, Superman. Well, oh, Commissioner Gordon's a cop, crazy. too. Though, Y'all so. thought different people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I also thought... It's so beautiful about that movie. It's artistic. <laughs> it's up for you to interpret it's, it's what completely, happened. Yeah, exactly. That's the beauty of Justice League. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite part, or my favorite character, to be honest, I love the Martian Manhunter in this movie. Uh, yeah. David Ogden Steers, yeah. for those Disney files out there, the voice of Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast plays a pretty, you know, all of everyone's costumes in this is ridiculous. But I have to say, they spent some money on Martian Manhunter's makeup because yeah. that was a fairly convincing makeup job on Martian Manhunter and it makes you realize that like 
going full CGI as they do in Supergirl might not be necessary. Like, you could put David Harewood in some makeup, and it would probably be a more convincing Martian Manhunter than what they currently do on Supergirl, because the job they did for 1997, I thought, was pretty... Now, he's, he's like, he's like a super wide version of Martian Manhunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, he's he's he doesn't go out you know he hangs he just out stands in, there in a submarine yeah. yeah yeah why the, why is why is the justice league headquarters the legion of dooms headquarters that's what i want to know yeah, yeah. uh-huh it w- i thought the the 1997 movie which it was very 90s like uh even the quality reminded me a lot of um like early episodes of lois and clark <laughs> and like the sound effects reminded me a lot of like lois and clark like every time ice used her powers, like, it would always make that sound. Like, like this weird freezing sound. <laughs> that thing. You know what I'm talking This is why we need you on the podcast. You can't leave us to go have a life. <laughs> okay. Okay, you got it. It, what it reminds me of way more, actually, is the Tick show that used to exist. Like, the Tick show, I actually really loved that show. The one that had, um, Patrick, Patrick Warburton as the tech. Um, so, do you think they were one, going for like a satire? Do you think they were that they weren't taking themselves seriously? Because I can't tell, it, to be honest. You gotta look kind of at the context clues. You go, this was 1997. They were like superheroes are stupid. Right. The movie that had was out in theaters was Batman and Robin. Right. They were like, you know, yeah. DC clearly didn't care about live action they they were like these things are dumb and we have to embrace how dumb they are for people to accept it because you know this was it's like post the tim burton batmans where people were like that was too serious mm-hmm. and they were the studio was making really goofy live action things or like the or like Lois and Clark was out and they were like, this is a, a goof, it's kind of a fun superhero mm. thing and Superman is fun and it's kind of like a cheesy soap opera. And this one is kind of going like, let's take superheroes and try to also lighten them up to where it's like, they're all going to kind of live together and they get into sh- shenanigans and uh-oh, they broke the TV <laughs> and, um, you know, and they're all That's dating. True. Like That's that. true. Those are all the reasons I love Teen Titans Go, so I guess I can't say anything bad about <laughs> Justice League of America. <laughs> there you go. It, you know, who knows? If this would have gotten picked up, maybe this would be the version of the Justice League we'd be seeing them adapting nowadays. <laughs> well, that's because like, I fully agree with Nick, and it is it is interesting to think about, like, in an alternate timeline, like, if this show had been picked up and, like, developed and, you know, how that would have kind of changed the landscape of, like, superhero TV shows. Like, if this was the thing that happened and people either loved or hated it, um, would Smallville be a thing? And if Smallville wasn't a thing, then Arrow and the rest of those shows definitely wouldn't be a thing. So it's kind of interesting to think about because the show, I mean, it's very 90s, so I feel bad almost judging it because I'm like, it's so cheesy. Like, Like, at one point, Fire wears this just god-awful 90s outfit where it's like a weird gray suit thing and it, but it's pink on the inside like bright hot pink and i'm like yeah you? i was like a pink trim like, well, here, so here's oh, here's a thought experiment this was supposed to come out in 1997 
the final season of Lois and Clark was 1997. What if Justice League got picked up and they ported Dean Cain over and he became lead? Like, could you imagine the Lois and Clark universe coexisting with this universe? That they they would, like, Metropolis is just another city (laughs) in this same year. Like, could you imagine Dean Cain showing up on a Justice League of America show? It's kind of tough to imagine because as much as I like to say this is similar to Lois and Clark, this is so much, this is like three steps stupider than (laughs) Lois and Clark. Um, Because Lois and Clark is pretty much what Superman is. Mm -hmm. You go like, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of light and they get into like the character drama and stuff. This one is like, not really based on the comics in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are like, you know, they picked which characters they could get away with, uh, with saying, all right, who do people <laughs> not care about? They don't care about Ice Fire, The Flash, Green Lantern, and Martian Manhunter, and The Atom. And, you know, still, people don't care about the Adam. Sorry, Brendan Routh. Um, so he step up in casting, though. I mean, he's really yeah. good on Legends of Tomorrow too. And he was he, really great on Chuck. He's good. He's he's very good. But um, you know, they picked the characters that they could get away with having. It's it's odd. I don't know if I could imagine this coexisting with. Um, with Lois and Clark. What do you think, Desiree? I mean, it, it's difficult because, yeah, it like you said, it is. it does feel like a show that's kind of like three steps stupider. Like, I think what really helps even, like, the most cheesy of moments on Lois and Clark is Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane just have really, really good chemistry. Like, their relationship and their chemistry together just kind of make the show work. And it focuses less on, like, you know... Superman doing Superman-y things because it is the 90s and you they have a budget. Um, you know, and more on, like, their romance and their relationship and, like, them being journalists and investigating crimes that tie into Superman. So they were really smart about how to approach it, um, which is kind of how I felt about, like, how Smallville kind of tied in, like, in later seasons, like, you know, bringing Lois Lane in without you know, revealing Clark's identity too soon. Like, she would be a part of the plot because she'd be investigating something that had to do something with him. Um, You know, so I, yeah, like, I liked the casting for Fire, and that was basically it. Like, the other characters seemed just kind of haphazardly casted. The makeup for Martian Manhunter was good. I was actually surprised by how decently, like, the Adam special effects were considering although his suit is his suit is ter- as much as i dislike the iron man version of uh of the atom on legends of tomorrow i i will say that it's 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 leagues better than the suit they put ray palmer in in this movie oh, yeah. yeah it was like and i know they couldn't have fire in like her fire thing you know because budget but that one little fire piece that she wore just looked pasted on like green fury looked better and powerless well, you know, it's funny because like that's that's powerless is another example of trying to go the comedy route with superheroes. Cuz for all intents and purposes, I think that's what Nick you were kind of referencing when you were saying maybe if you think of this more in like a satirical version, you know, comparing it to The Tick which was in all intents and purposes a comedy, a satire of superheroes, that maybe that's what they were going for with this. But although, 
you know, it's it's weird because a lot of it is so earnest in its like cheesiness that you wonder like are they being satirical? Um, you know, like the whole scene at the end, like the big cli- not climax, but the big denouement of of this movie is that after they've defeated the weather wizard or the weatherman, um, you know, an ice formally becomes part of the Justice League. That she does she goes down into the to the underground watchtower, does the whole initiation thing, and there's this like you know, the shot that I think most people are familiar with who've seen stills from this movie of the uh, the Justice League walking down an alley and then, like, yeah. each each character, each hero kind of joins. It's supposed to be this, like, big hero shot. It's very similar to the, the scene I mentioned in Smallville where, like, Clark, Oliver, Cyborg, Impulse, and Aquaman are walking away from an explosion and it's this big hero <laughs> shot. Um, but it's super corny in the same time. It's earnest, but corny because they're in like a back alley. Like there's nothing, <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's no like production uh, value to the scene. They're just like kind yeah. of strolling in some like party city looking costumes, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Like the flash costume that they wear on the big bang theory looks better than what they're wearing. What they, <laughs> what they make him wear in this thing. Uh, Brittany, what did you think of my th- idea earlier that, if you look at the roster of this movie, I mean, pretty much all these characters already exist in the CW verse, right? Like, we can't have a Green Lantern, but maybe if we put Green Arrow in that in that role uh, instead of Ice, we could bring in Killer Frost. I don't know who would be the who would be the uh, uh, analog for for Fire, but we have an Adam, we have a Flash, we have a Barry Allen Flash, we have a Martian Manhunter. Uh, could you? Could, and we have a Weather. We have the actual Weather Wizard on the Flash. Could you see? Them taking this roster and making like next year's crossover be this team, and they only could, the three of, and only the three of us would get it right. Like we'd be the only people <laughs> psyched. Yeah. For that. yeah, but I think they would do a good job. I mean, I feel like as a whole, DC TV and the CW verse, like they have their issues and stuff, and they're not perfect, but they're more what I would prefer to watch, honestly, over the current DC films. Mm-hmm. So, and I. I everyone's saying how like even you know the CW showed up Justice League and it's like <laughs> sad to say it but they did even the Arrow episode was like I mean you can see the shift change in like tone from like the other shows to Arrow mm-hmm. but I mean it's still as a whole like that was much more watchable and, and enjoyable than the Justice League I mean I'm not going to say anything about this one couple stepping over this other couple's moment but you know I did hear about that. Good. I did hear about that. We won't go there. We won't go there. Final thoughts on 1997's Justice League of America. Desiree, would you uh, would you recommend folks searching this out and watching it? No, no. <laughs> I I love campy stuff, guys. You know I do. But this was this was a little too much for even me. Mm-hmm. Nick, I know you paid thirty shillings for for this. <laughs> Uh, shillings. shillings. My pay- thirty shillings. Uh, uh, would you Would you recommend would other I folks? Suggest? Um, if you're curious, sure. But I would not pay thirty dollars for it. <laughs> um, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, but you know, I say it's it's odd because it's like to me as a kid, Justice League was the be all mm-hmm. end all. Because so I was like Batman. And Superman and Wonder Woman are the three best superheroes. It's like my favorite was Spider-Man, but I knew in my heart that the real ones were the DC ones. And I was like, clearly Superman is the number one superhero. Batman 
and Wonder Woman are close behind. And I was like, Justice League is the ultimate team-up. A, a live-action Justice League, in my brain, was the mecca of all storytelling. And it's just very odd to see it flounder and to see the Avengers are more mm. popular. Mm. And I'm like... The Avengers, they're the <laughs> ones. Because, you know, I was always, I always liked, you know, my heart was always with DC. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I'm still rooting for Justice League to get its justice yeah. for the Justice League. <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't recommend the, the 1997 one. I wouldn't recommend the, the new one. <laughs> maybe maybe, um, in, maybe in 2047 we'll get the Justice League we deserve. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Um, you should just... I'd just say just watch the animated yeah. show and Justice League Unlimited. That's it's true. like that's worth that. Brittany, if you had to choose to pay $30 to go see Justice League in the theaters or buy a VHS off Nick for $30, <laughs> but you have to you have it. to get rid of your $30, what would you What would you do, Brittany? If I, ha- if I ha- absolutely have to? You have $30 in your pocket that won't stay there, and you have to either give it to Nick for his VHS copy of this or take it to the to the AMC Cinemaplex down the street uh, and, and uh, watch oh, Justice League. Nick, in a- because Nick is a friend, I'm going to say I'd, I'd give my money to Nick. Thank you. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I could pay for another just to see it back the, in theaters, no. Even though it's Actually, a little bit cheaper, but now. So, full disclosure, <laughs> I've actually seen it a few times in the theaters. That's because I have Movie Pass, so like I, oh, I feel like oh. it's it's oh. it's kind of it kind of makes it better. Um, <laughs> but you know, again, I I dug it. I, I have to admit, I I would I went in skeptical. I like Nick, not a big fan of this vision of the Justice League universe. Um, so even the cognitive dissonance of like Henry Cavill being the Superman I've always imagined he could be finally showing up, even though it doesn't make sense with the Superman that's existed previously. Yeah. My little fanboy heart kind of grew every time when he when he says a corny line like I I believe in truth. Yeah. Big fan of justice. Like, kind of like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like this is so cheesy, but this is like I'm like this is Clark. That's how Superman <laughs> is. Um and, and it, it's just like a little uh, too little too late. Yeah, well, I, think well, and, and, I thought it was yeah. just too cheesy. It's not the like it's not the Clark that I know. Well, it's even not the outside Superman. of the movies. Yeah. It's not the it's still right. not the Clark that I read in comic books. So I'm still like yeah, just a little too much. It's a little too quippy. <laughs> well, the the thing the thing that's most disappointing for me, I guess, is that I felt like I want to see Henry Cavill get a chance to play. Super maybe not like fifties George Reeves Superman, you know, which is kind of where this is. But but I would like to get him to I would like to see him play a Superman that smiles and enjoys saving civilians. And we'll never get that now. Like the man Oh don't say that that's so saying. Henry Cavill's time as Superman is done. Like they're never going to do Man of Steel two now. And <laughs> that's that I feel bad about really? that. Really? Because is, no, no, this is a fine thing. <laughs> Henry Cavill, you know what? He was just fine. Now he can go be in a real movie. Mission um, Impossible. Well, no, you know what yeah. I've heard. I've heard is that like he's now that he's free of Superman, let cast him as James Bond for Christopher Nolan's take on James Bond, and find he'll finally get the uh, the stardom he deserves. 
But whatever uh, happened to Idris Elba? Oh, I mean, Idris that's Elba just so Elba. Elba. That's the one everybody wants to play James Bond, but I don't think that's going yeah. to happen. Um, cast, he's awesome. Oh yeah, Idris Elba, James Bond. That's make him be Superman too. Cast him as everyone. I... He's awesome. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm totally with it. Cast him as as everybody. Yeah. Like just the whole Justice League movie where it's just him as every character. <laughs> he's Wonder Woman. He's you know he's ice and fire. <laughs> I dig it. He's the atom in that huge. Oh my god! Is that like, is that like like an Earth like sixty seven or something where it's just it's just him as the Justice a League? Whole Earth, uh, every character. It's a whole. It's a takes place in a world where everyone is Idris Elba. <laughs> Uh, but here's a th- another thing about the Wonder Woman. My last thought on the Justice League. Now there's been a whole trilogy of movies with Wonder Woman, and they have yet to call her Wonder Woman. <laughs> they haven't said the yeah. words Wonder Woman once yet. That's and true. I was like, certainly oh, wow. Joss Whedon will have them say Wonder Woman, but nope, they didn't even say Flash in yep. in the. Justice League movie. Uh, he so. was too busy having Flash play it in her boobs, dude. Oh, like, not enough time to right. throw those two names in there. Well, that's from the comics, so... <laughs> I don't know if it's from the comics. Or... <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just confused, because I was like, isn't the Justice League about a girl named Ice joining the team? Where's the player? And why isn't Guy Gardner here? Oh, Guy Why is no one singing opera at the beginning of this? That's a good point. Um, I, you know what? The best the best like trolling that theater could do is people pay to go see Justice League, and then they, they show this on the screen. That you know? Be pleasantly surprised. Oh, most of the theaters now they're digital, so they don't actually get the reels anymore. So someone like someone should who has access. Not that we're not world. that we're encouraging people to. Uh, I'm <laughs> to not prank encouraging it. If you uh, work, look, I worked at AMC for a month, and it was at the actually the AMC that me and Nick saw the movie at. <laughs> I if they haven't changed their codes, I probably could honestly get into the real room and. Well, like put it on a flash drive and play the Justice okay, League. So now, if that happens, Brittany, that happens, you've Brittany, just incriminated yourself on this that. podcast. Yeah, you you did. You just said <laughs> your whole plan. It's now going to be on I, the. Internet. In fact, I think we're all complicit in the fact that we're saying this. We're all. I'm not going down for you, Brittany. <laughs> Nick, she was going to give you thirty dollars. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. Let's do it. <laughs> Okay. You and me, Brett, we'll go back to the theater and say, we're saving these people. <laughs> put on you don't have to understand these people, you just have to save them. And with that, yeah. we're going to wrap up this episode of DCTV Classics. Let's go around the table and give our social media handle, starting with Brittany. How can people reach you or send you bail money when you get arrested for pranking <laughs> your AMC? Uh, you can tweet me at Monet. And you can follow my other podcast at BL underscore podcast. That's Black Lightning Podcast. And it's awesome. January 16th, guys. Yes, finally have a release date for Black Lightning. Can't wait. Yes, the show. Podcast is already out, guys. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> for of. the show. For the show. It's, for, you finally have something to talk about. Nick Lang, yes. how can people find you on the interwebs? Uh- Oh, on the internet. If they want to find me, I, I'm sure you could do it. Um, uh, you can find me online. I'm on the Twitter at nicklangtweets.com. 
I don't know if that's a dot com. <laughs> um, but uh, one day you'll figure also, out how social media works, Nick. One day, <laughs> maybe. Um, and then, uh, and then you can also I do some Star uh, Starkid stuff with um, a theater company called Starkid. Go check out Holy Musical Batman. That's got the Justice League in it. That does, and so, yeah. and yes. some other heroes there, okay. show up. That part where uh, Superman's finding the Justice League, I started laughing because it reminded me of To Be a Man part in uh, Holy Musical Batman, and you guys should watch it and understand what I'm talking about because you will laugh when you talk when you see what I mean. Yep, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seconding Brittany's thing. Holy Musical Batman's amazing, guys. You should totally watch it. And after you watch it, go into the DC TV Classics archives and listen to the episode where we had the whole Star Kid crew talking about Holy Musical Batman. Mm-hmm. Desiree. People can find me on Twitter at Boricua Desiree. Um, I'm not on Twitter much anymore, but uh, you can also find me at like my website um, at latinasmediamusing.com. All right, and I've been Keith Chow. You can find me at the real Chow, the underscore real underscore Chow. Follow the Nerds of Color at the Nerds of Color and Hard Knock Media for all of our podcasts at Hard Knock Media. Two Hard Knock Life episodes have dropped this week. The first is my interview with Angie Han of Mashable.com, where we also talk about Justice League. I clearly have not talked about this movie enough that you have to listen to me talk about it again. And uh, <laughs> the second episode is me and Janina Gavankar from Star Wars Battlefront 2 talking about her life as a nerd of color. Follow the Janina. <laughs> Nick's old friend, Nick's old pal, Janina Gavankar. My old pal, Janina. Follow the DCTV Classics podcast at DCTV Classics. Subscribe and download our podcast at Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. If you do download and listen to us, please, please rate and review us so people can find us. You can find the entire DCTV podcast family at DCTVpodcast.com. Speaking of Justice League, our own Justice League of DCTV podcast got together to break down Crisis on Earth X. So check out the crossover podcast with all of your favorite DCTV podcasts. How many times am I going to say podcast in this outro? Thank you so much for listening to DCTV Classics. Until next time, same pod time, same pod channel.